everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Time Out with DG podcast. I am your host, Daniel Gotera. A quick turnaround, a new episode, basically back to back. You guys are in for a treat. You guys were good this week, so you get two episodes. <laughs> hey, we got a lot of good content this week, so why not post stuff? Thanks for joining us on the podcast. If you haven't yet, go ahead and rate and then subscribe to the podcast so you can uh, get the alerts of when new episodes are posted. Give us a good rating. Give me a good rating. I'd appreciate it. My bosses would appreciate it. Everyone likes good ratings. I like the solid five stars. You know the one that at the top got the five stars? I like that. Let's keep it that way. Um, no, really, I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. Hopefully you guys like uh, the product that we're putting out. Some good interviews, including this one. This one's going to be a little different. Usually our uh, format here for the podcast is kind of one long-form interview. But we've had a couple of episodes kind of stray from that, and this one kind of strays in a little way. Tuesday, January 21st was the date of the third annual Houston Sports Awards. Now, this is a pretty cool event. It's happening now for the third year, as I mentioned. And it was kind of the brainchild of Patty Smith. She's with the Houston Sports Authority um, she wanted to do something big to honor Houston athletes, and I know she's been working hard on this, so kudos to her. And right now, it's becoming a pretty big event. It's one of those events that you circle on the calendar. It's, it was a star-studded event, for sure. Lots of big names in attendance. Lots of people awarded for great accomplishments in sports in Houston uh, for the past calendar year of 2019. And I was on the red carpet. I was there. I was honored to be there to uh, talk to some of the athletes as they walked into the event and then interview the three Hall of Famers that were inducted into the Houston Sports Hall of Fame after the event. That's when the interviews took place. During the ceremony, they honored Rudy Tomjanovich, former Rockets coach, Olympic gymnast, gold medalist Mary Lou Retton, and former world's fastest man Carl Lewis, one of the greatest athletes of all time. All three of them are going to the Houston Sports Hall of Fame. That's a Hall of Fame that includes some of the biggest names in Houston sports already. Hakeem Olajuwon, Nolan Ryan, Earl Campbell, A.J. Foyt, George Foreman, Dan Pastorini, Jack Burke Jr., the legendary golfer, won a Masters back in the day. It's a pretty good list. Now three members, three new members are in the uh, Hall of Fame. Like I mentioned, Rudy T., Mary Lou, and Carl Lewis. So I alluded to the interviews I did before. Uh, the event started on the red carpet and all sort, all types of athletes. This is a sports show that recognizes high school athletes, college athletes, professionals, executives, athletes doing great work in the community. This year there's a new feature that they've introduced. It's called the Brothers in Arms. A couple episodes before we talked to Warren Moon about that. It's basically Warren Moon, Andre Ware, Vince Young, and Deshaun Watson providing scholarships for Athletes that need a little bit of help, a little push in the right direction here in here in Houston. So they awarded those scholarships for the first time this year. All sorts of really cool people that we got to talk to. Uh, and the first one that I did speak to that night was Brennan Scarlett. So what you're going to hear in this podcast is a collection of those interviews. The first one is Texans linebacker Brennan Scarlett. He was a big member of the defense this year, kind of growing into his role with this team. And I talked to him about being there that night and what he thought about his new defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver, who's taken over for Romeo Cornell. 
Joining me, Texans linebacker Brennan Scarlett. Looking very uh, very clean, very fresh. Dapper, I got some suspenders under here, man. Oh, Keep wow. your eye out. Keep your eye out. <laughs> hey, uh, how cool is it that the city does an event like this for, for the athletes here in town, both past and present? Oh, it's amazing, man. You know, Houston has a, a great tradition of sports, and, and I'm honored to be a part of it. But also to come here and show up and see, you know, the, the guys and gals before me that have uh, represented Houston. Have you kind of appreciated a little bit of what Houston sports has had to offer since you've been a part of this community? A oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I call Houston home. You know, I, when I arrived here, I, I was coming from the West Coast. You know, yep. I wasn't sure what to expect. But the way the people and the, the community and the fans have embraced me, uh, it's been unbelievable. I do have to ask you a couple of moves that were made. Anthony Weaver. New defensive yeah, coordinator. Right. What can you say about Coach Weaver that people don't know? He's been with you guys in the trenches a little bit, coaching yeah. you guys. Um, what can they expect out of him, and what, what do you like about him now that he's the new DC? Oh, I mean, Coach Weave, he, he's been there since uh, since I've, I've arrived, and you know, always been a great coach. And and I would say that the attention to detail, man. Uh, coach Weave, extremely detailed, uh, not only with his D line. But anybody who comes up to ask him for help, and uh, you know, I think we'll see that translate into his coordinating, and, and super excited to get started with him. Aggressive style. He's a little aggressive with you guys as a coach. Uh, aggressive for sure, man. You gotta be. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fast, tough, aggressive. The next athlete that I talked to was Erica Ogumike, the Rice basketball star, former Cy Woods High School star. She won a state championship with Cy Woods. And now she's with Rice. And when I say star, she is a huge star in women's college basketball. Take a listen to some of her accomplishments this past year. She was the Conference USA Female Athlete of the Year, first ever athlete from Rice to accomplish that feat. She earned U.S. Pan American Team Trials invite. She was Conference USA Player of the Year. She was Conference USA All-Conference First Team. She was Conference USA All-Tournament Team. Yeah, the list can go on and on for what she's accomplished. She was nominated for Best College Athlete of the Year. Jalen Hurts from Oklahoma, the Channel View product, ended up winning that category. But I asked Erica about being there that night, how how cool it was to be around so many star athletes. How cool is yeah. this right now? Uh, this is really cool. Uh, I've never experienced this. Yeah. So I'm just really excited to be here to represent Rice. You do, you've done a lot of stuff here in Houston. Yeah. To get nominated for an award like this and be in a room with so many great athletes what does yeah. that mean to you and uh, this whole moment for you uh i mean it's just it's really encouraging and really rewarding i'm excited to be here i'm really grateful uh of course to represent houston i've been in uh houston my whole life so yeah. it holds a really really deep part in me uh so i'm just excited to be here uh like all the other athletes how hungry are you guys this season very hungry, of course. We could tell, by the way. You, you could tell yeah. this this season, by the way. Yeah, it's my last season. Um, yeah. I'm trying to leave it all in the court um, and just leave a lasting mark, so I'm really excited about finishing out this year. Up next, a high school athlete who is now in college, by the way. His name, Matthew Bowling, the fastest high school athlete in the country last year. You might remember some of those videos that hit the web. One of mine, in particular, went crazy, went viral when we were at the state track meet. He was up there running the 100. He ran a crazy time in the 100 meters. Matthew Bowling now at Georgia, and he is looking to punch his ticket to the Olympics one day, but he is continuing his quest. He actually won Best High School Athlete of the Year at the Houston Sports Awards, and this was my interview with him. Matthew Bowling, I'm glad we ever to catch you, by the way. <laughs> Thank um, you. How cool is this, honestly, to be in this room, in this environment with so many of these stars? It's really cool, like especially being from Houston and watching um, all these great athletes like, growing up, uh, being on the same red carpet as them, it's just really cool. Can you describe 2019 
for us from your perspective and how, how wild and crazy that was? It was crazy. Like, it started off and I was just, like, running, like, trying to get better. Which that, you always did, right? Yeah. Like, I still do that, but it's just, like, all of a sudden, like, there's just, like, this spotlight after one meet. Um, but, I mean, I try to stay, I stay focused, and it was right before states, so I um, didn't let it affect me too much. Yeah. Um, but it's just been crazy, like, new experiences and... Um, like got to go overseas for a track meet and it's just helping me a lot in the long run as like I continue my career. Is it still pretty wild that every time a video of yours popped up online it was like millions of views? Yeah. I mean, that, that, it's, that's still pretty crazy, right? High school kid, what you were doing? Yeah, it is crazy. Like my friends would send me YouTube videos of me and like be like, well, this has a lot of views. And I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one of them was the story we did on you actually. It was like millions of views. Yeah. So what's next for you? How excited are you for the next chapter in your life? Uh, next is the indoor season for college. Um, I'm really excited. Like I'm just using um, the opportunity I have to get better and uh, continue to help me uh, reach my ultimate goals. Always nice to talk to Cowboys owner Jerry Jones. And I know it's the Cowboys and all that, but Jerry Jones is a Hall of Famer, a pro football Hall of Famer, a legendary figure in football. And while he has his own way of managing and owning his team, running his Cowboys up there in Arlington, I say Arlington because they're not in Dallas. It's Arlington, okay? Might as well call them the Arlington Cowboys. Uh, but Jerry Jones, he uh, stopped by and chatted with me about uh, former Texans owner Bob McNair. He was in attendance to present Bob McNair's family with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Very well deserved. Too bad Bob was not here to accept that award himself. May he rest in peace. What a legendary figure Bob McNair was in the city of Houston. And he and Jerry had a great relationship Take a listen to one funny anecdote he had to say about when the Texans beat the Cowboys back in the first game the Texans ever played at NRG Stadium. How cool is this for a city to honor its athletes like that? I know you spent a lot of time in Houston. This has got to be pretty neat for you. Well, first of all, you've got to have that lineage, have the great athletes to honor. Right. And Houston does. Yeah. And especially in my sport, football. Absolutely. And uh, it goes all the way through from amateur, high school, all the way up. And of course, I'm here tonight to get to recognize Bob McNair, right. who uh, has done so much for all of us in football and certainly for, for uh, what he did for Houston in terms of uh, getting in. And really, Houston provided, I thought, the NFL mm -hmm. with the two most loving Super Bowls that we've ever had. They were fantastic. Well, the, uh, our fans and the people of Houston were the best that I've ever seen in a Super Bowl time. And it really was, uh, it was something to be a part of. What was that relationship like between you two? And how, how special was it? And how special is it for you to be here tonight to honor, honor well, him? Well, uh, respect from my point of view about Bob. Um, the, our game is about getting knocked down and getting back up. And Bob McNair was, that's what he was about. and. Uh, when he came in and asked and wanted to get the franchise after its storied time here in Houston with the Oilers, uh, you were talking about a guy that in his own time had been knocked down, gotten back up, knocked down, back up. And he just fit football and the fact that it came from Houston. Now, what I didn't expect to happen was the first time the Cowboys played him right yeah. here in Houston opening day yeah. for him to get the, the one up there. And uh, But it was such one, a special moment for football in the state. I know it's tough to <laughs> kind of look back on it for you on your perspective, but. No one in the world had I rather that have happened to me than Bob McNair. And frankly, I mean it, 
uh, for Houston. Now, it hurt at the time. Yeah. One of only two times I've ever cried when we got beat. But I'm sure <laughs> right. Bob's smiling, and he always smiled when I told him that story. Jerry, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. Next up, Carl Lewis, the fastest man on earth back in the day, multiple Olympic champion, one of the best athletes of all time to wear that USA uniform. Carl Lewis, a Hall of Famer, and here's what he had to say about his big night. You are officially going to be a Hall of Famer tonight here in Houston, if you weren't already. But what is this night like? What is this honor for you? First of all, I, I just love um, what the Sports Authority is doing. Just, just bringing such an amazing sports town together for a special night. And, and to be a part of it is great to me because I'm, I'm from New Jersey. But I, I, I feel like my roots are, are here. I'm grounded here. I'm going to be here the rest of my life. And so it's really special to be a part of the city. When you got the word that you were going to be a Hall of Famer, what, what, what was that like to be a part of this group? That With guys that you, you've met over the years and now you're in this club, it's got to be pretty neat. Oh, oh, it's special. I mean, I was just talking about Rudy T going in today and, of course, Mary Lou Retton as well. But Rudy T was a coach when Clyde and Akeem yep. um, won, won a championship, and they were my classmates. So and we were all at U of H, just 18-year-old dreamers, just like everyone else. So it's really special to bring everything always comes back to the center. How fun is it for you to be in a room with so many of these Houston folks, so, so many Houston stars and sports stars in the past. It, right? It's great because it, you know, whether it's A.J. Foyt or, or Akeem Olajuwon or really anyone and all the great entertainers here with the tremendous culture that we have in this town and all the sports town, I, I, it's just amazing that little old me from the, a small town in New Jersey can grow up and I'm being in a place like this. Don't sell yourself short, Carl. Congratulations <laughs> on tonight. Have fun. Next up, XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck. A Houston figure in his own right, former Oilers quarterback, former president of the Houston Dynamo. Now he's taken on the reins of the XFL. Their games are starting up this week. No. Their games are starting up soon in February, right after the Super Bowl. He's very excited to get going after so much work has been put in. He's anxious to see what kind of product is out there on the field. And he touched on the Houston team, the Roughnecks, and the style of play that June Jones and his squad are going to give the city. Boy, it's getting close. You're right around the corner. That's got to be so nice for you. It's, it's very close, and Houston's played an enormous role in us getting to this point. I mean, we launched February 8th and 9th. It's just a week after the Super Bowl. All eight of our franchises have been in town for about three weeks. I was literally just over at U of H watching the second of two days of intra-squad scrimmages. Yep. We look pretty good. Uh, I mean, Houston looks good. June Jones, the head coach, Absolutely. but Bob Stoops is looking good, and uh, Kevin Gilbride is looking good, and all of our coaches and their teams, I think, are, are in a good position. So I think we're going to offer some really fun, up-tempo, fast-paced football. People are pumped. What's the feedback been like from all the teams that were in one spot? I know you were excited about it when you guys announced it, but now that you've gone through it, what was that feedback like from the teams? It's all positive. I mean, I'm not sure there's a place outside of Houston where we could have done what we did, which is put on a centralized training camp. Great facilities, U of H, HPU, Rice, TSU, some of the high schools, great weather, uh, you know, good hotels for our guys, people that love the sport and respect it. I, I really think Houston was unique out of any city in the country, we could have only done it here. So we had about a $7 million economic impact, which is yeah. not insignificant. No, uh, Mayor not. Turner told me he was very happy that we were here yeah, and yeah. wants us back next year. So uh, there's a lot of good things happening in Houston in terms of the XFL. What's the biggest thing for the league from this point until opening day? What's the, the thing that needs to be uh, taken through the finish line here? Well, you know, I think uh, we've, we've got our cut downs uh, from 70 to, to 52. 
Uh, you know, we're selling tickets, of course, and creating, uh, you know, our profiles, and we're a startup. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Something will go wrong somewhere sure, along sure. the way, and I have no idea what it's going to be. I think we're kind <laughs> of- you got to prepare for it, right? That's right. It's yeah. going to hit us. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's just continuing to tell our story. You know, we're a league of opportunity. Vince McMahon, our owner, our founder, is doing this for the love of football. He loves the game and knows how important it is to the fabric of American life. So we're just having fun doing it and putting it together for him and hopefully can play uh, good, fun, up-paced, fast-tempo football and get a lot of fans. Roughneck's going to have a good squad, huh? I, I was impressed. June Jones is a great coach. I mean, he's been Absolutely. around the block, pro, college, you name it. Won great cups up in the CFL. Uh, we got, you know, some solid players. Uh, there are a couple of guys I look at them. Sammy Coates, as an example, wide receiver. A kid from Auburn that many folks may remember. I look at Sammy and I say, why isn't this guy in the NFL? He's big, he's fast, he's catching everything. So there's so many guys that just don't quite have it in terms yeah. of sticking in the league. But you know, those guys want to play, and they're good players. And those the good stories too. Oh, that's stories. that's that's part of it, right? For, for a lot of these guys, it's sort of a redemption. You know, right, right. they didn't want to give up their career for whatever reason. We've got Matt McGloin, who I just watched throw some beautiful balls over yeah. at U of H. You know, for the New York team. You know, Sammy Coates. We've got just some really solid players. I, I think people will be pleasantly surprised by how good how good not just the Roughnecks are, but you know, sort of the quality of the entire league. Next up, the Legacy Award winner, Whitney Merciless. He was honored for his charitable work that he does in the community with his Mercy Me Foundation. A stand-up guy, just like Brennan Scarlett before. Always a pleasure to talk to him. We, too, talked about the new defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver. And, you know, J.J. Watt's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live coming up on February 1st. So I asked Whitney if he's going to crash that party. Whitney Merciless, always a fun night, right? How cool is this event that the city is being able to put this together? Yeah, this is the uh, third annual one, so it's uh, really awesome just to really recognize a lot of uh, you know, prolific Houstonians um, that have really inspired, uh, you know, not only just change throughout the city, but uh, uh, just give it just life itself, you know, just through sports, uh, through philanthropic work and all that. So it's really awesome just to be part of it. You're one of those being honored tonight. Does that kind of hit you a little differently when an organization like that recognizes you for the work that you've done here in this town? Uh, man, no, not at all. You know, the thing is, like, I, I, I'm very appreciative and, uh, like, I find a lot of gratitude within, uh, you know, everybody, you know, recognizing the foundation. Uh, right. You know that you know, that inspired that I I was inspired to create and all that and to be recognized for that tonight and I can't take all the credit at all because my team my family uh, you know God had as it was just a combination of things throughout the years in order in order for it to be created and get to this point right now when you're in a room like this are you looking forward to meeting somebody that you haven't met like who who are you looking forward to meeting tonight <laughs> hey that's uh. Be interesting. I heard uh, Jerry Jones is here, so it'd be. We just talked to him. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cool just to talk. You never to him. met Jerry? No, never, never. Really? Even when we got stuck out in uh, Dallas that one year when the yeah. storm, uh, right. the hurricane was happening, uh, it'd be cool just to, you know just chop it up with him, just uh, you know just uh, see what type of guy he is. Well, Whitney, I got to ask you some shakeups with the team, with the defensive coordinator, change with Anthony Weaver now moving in. What should fans know about Anthony that you've been working with him for the last couple of years? Man, he's a man. He's a great, great. Uh, not only a great guy, but a great defensive coach as well too. And so he really, he really loves this game. Played it uh, for a number of years, and so understands the inside and out. And uh, you know, you know, we'll see exactly what his philosophy is going to be going into it. You know, with, uh, in different ways to use, utilize different players on there. What do you think about him getting the opportunity? 
Um, you know, staying in house, he knows you guys, yeah. he knows the players, which has got to be a huge asset for you. But him getting this chance has got to be pretty cool for you guys as players. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, man, love Anthony, uh, especially with the uh, the years that he's been here and all that. And uh, just to have a familiar face to stick around and be in the DC and all that, uh, it, it's going to drive other other players to want to play for him as well too. JJ's going to be hosting Saturday Night Live. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the report out there. Yeah, yeah. Do you think he's going to do a good job? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think so. I have been. Are you going to be a cameo before. appearance? You want to be out there? No, nah, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not <laughs> one for that. Look, already I'm not one for the cameras, but I'll let him go ahead and take that up. Whitney, thanks, man. Appreciate right, it. No Congratulations. Yeah, have fun tonight. And the next interview is with Cal McNair, son of Bob McNair. We talked about some of the impact that his father had on this community and why this was such a special night, especially to have Jerry Jones in attendance. Cal sharing a very funny story that uh, Bob used to tell and an experience that not many people know about as well. It's very special. Dad loved uh, loved the Texans, loved bringing the team here. He loved Houston, um, and so to have this honor is really, really special. I wish he was here to, to accept it, but I'm glad we're here, and uh, it'll be cherished by all of our family. Yeah, well, um, you know, it was a real dream of Dad's to bring the team back and to be able to do that and uh, to uh, bring that back for Houston meant a lot for him. And then dad spent a lot of time working in the league. And so he was always uh, trying to do the best for the league. And he and I got into some fun debates about whether that would be the best for the Texans. And he was always, he was always Cal, we're doing the best for the league. And I said, yes, sir. And that's, that's what uh, he always did. So he was a good man. You know, it's, it's awesome. Dad came here, um, you know, in the, in the 60s with a few dollars in his pocket and the opportunities that he was able to get from being in Houston and being in Texas and to make uh, really the American dream come true for him and then to be able to bring the team back and, and now to be honored in this manner is really something very, very special. Uh, well, he was highly respected in the league, as you all know. Uh, so my, I think I know most of the stories. A lot of them are really funny. Robert, Robert was telling me one um, the other day when we crossed over Buffalo Bayou that when I was about his age, we went fishing in Buffalo Bayou in a canoe and actually um, came across where a log went across the bayou. So dad docked the canoe and said, yup, and I was with my brother, Kerry, said, you boys go to the side here. I'll take the canoe around because it's not safe for y'all. Well, we no longer got out of the canoe. He gets back in it and tumps over. <laughs> and so we laughed about that. And so, Robert, you want to tell the rest of the story? No. <laughs> so he had on new jeans and um, they were just soaking wet. So I remember he would get them out and he wrung them dry and just all the blue from the dye came out of his jeans. And for some reason, that's always been a memory of mine. So, but. But we were talking, and we talk about these stories of his. And finally, Rudy T, Mary Lou, and Carl Lewis. A press conference was held afterwards. I got to talk to them, ask them a few questions about how special the night was for them. From their point of view, each of them got a white jacket that will hang proudly in their homes, I'm sure. And Rudy T starts the whole thing off by telling us his experience. First of all, it's a tremendous production. Uh, and so professional and you know they had our own our favorite songs I forgot that I told them about my favorite song and she's out there singing it right uh, very very hard to hold back the 
the tears. Uh, I'm not I'm not around here a lot. I'm not used to all this uh, love that I'm getting from everybody. True. And uh, it was uh, it melted me. It really melted me. Uh, same. I mean, I got up there and I had two pages of remarks I was going to say and um, I didn't. I mean, I really was caught up in the moment as well. I don't bring my family to a lot of these things just because there's a lot and I don't mean that in a conceited type of way. You know what I'm saying. But to be in a class with these two, wow. I mean, this guy... He's a legend. This and and this guy, he made Houston a world champion in basketball. I mean, I that was the prime. That was my the '80s, the '90s, you know, the 2000s. Um, so to be in a class with these men is incredible for me. Very, very humbling. And I agree. I did not expect such a big shindig. Yeah. It was very, yeah. very LA, very yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, see, I went. I came last year. You're right. You it's it's it stepped it stepped up big time. But I. <clears throat> You know, you go a long time, and like Rudy said, you you get to where you get a lot of these things, and Mary Lou said. But then there's a lull because you you get old, and right. <laughs> and then now you're invited to these things, you know. Yes. And then all of a sudden, for them to start one in Houston, which means so much to so many people and all of us, um, and for me. And I think we could all say, especially Mary Lou, if, if we didn't come here and we didn't have the coach and the city, we would you wouldn't know us. No, absolutely. And not. so. Um, to, to now be such a fabric, knowing that that I, you know really love this place and and now doing more things and helping it, it it's just special. It's really really special tonight, special. and glad to see all the people can be there and sharing this moment too. I'll tell you one uh, incident. Uh, when we uh, first got here, they sent us out to Sharpstown and <laughs> uh, the uh, shopping center there, and they had Houston Rockets, and nobody came up. For autograph, they just walked by, just looked at us. What? The, what is that? Finally, an old lady came up and says, "I love you guys." And she said, "Can I get a picture?" So she st stood in the middle. I was six seven. The other guy was about six ten. She said, "How do you guys fit in those capsules?" She thought we were astronauts. <laughs> I said, "No, we're with the basketball team." She said, "Oh." This is the first. This is the first year, uh, 1971. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so. Well, I came here in the end of 1982, and I am a honestly, and I mean this in a good way, a hillbilly from West Virginia. I mean, when I say I come from a holler in the hills, I come from a holler in the hills. And so when Bella Faroli had kind of found me, he said, "Come to Houston. I think I can make you." A champion. I came and it's like these skyscrapers. It was the 80s, the early 80s. Houston was booming and it was just my little eyes were. I was 14 years old, not exposed to anything that a big city had to offer, and here I am. So Houston really welcomed me. Well, that was my first thought. Well, well, I actually had a very funny story. I came on a visit to go to U of H and I got there. My host was a guy from New York. He said, oh, I knew you when you were like nine all the way through 17 now. And he told me every story from nine to 17, you know, and oh. I was, I absolutely hated this place. I hated the visit. I said, I can't wait to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, I was a little more explicit. And yeah. then <laughs> Sunday morning, I was going home. And so um, I go, Coach Les says, come to my office. I want to uh, meet with you and I'll take you to the airport. And I was like, let's make a short meeting and I want to get to the airport. 
So he came in, he asked me, what did you want to do, blah, blah, blah. Then he started showing me video on the, uh, on, on the uh, Super 8 video of, oh. right, of jumpers. Wow. And it just hit me because I was like, wow, this guy knows what I want. Yeah. And so the funny thing about it is, you know, Easter Sunday, a few weeks later, I decided to come to Houston. And when I came down here, guess what? It was a dirt track. <laughs> it was an old stadium and everything else. I said, I didn't remember all this kind of stuff. I just remember him, him showing me those Super 8 videos. So that's what it was. If it wasn't for him that morning, I would have never been here. Yeah, the, uh, the effect of those championships, I took a walk. Uh, I think it was the last time I came in here to do a keen for this uh, thing. And I was walking down the street and I went to a drugstore and the bus driver was blowing the horn and I was looking like it and he's waving and and then people on the street and then a young girl and this was after 20 years she wasn't even born and she knew who I was and thanked me for the championships and it's uh like I said I, I can't handle that much love <laughs> <laughs> I'll start. For me, I think just um, being the first is important and being the first woman to break into this field of not stardom, not celebrity, but that just women can be tough athletes as well. And I'm, I'm proud to be that pioneer, just kind of what I said up there. I'm proud to have broken whatever stereotypes um, for women in sports and what they are and who they were and what they were. It, you can do anything, just like, you know, Carl is up there pumping everybody up. If you dream it, you can believe it, and you can achieve it. And it's true. All those sayings are corny, in a way, it's but they're true. If you really break it down and just do it, just be simple and do it. And that's kind of what I was feeling. Yeah, I, I um, it, it's, it's, it's weird, because every day you, you, you get up, and basically... It, you're like the fastest person on earth. Well, it, that everyone knows, because I know there's someone no one, knows, no one knows about. And that's part of our job, I think, to help inspire people, because I, I knew that I, if someone was faster than me somewhere on earth, or someone could jump farther than me, I knew that. But they didn't have the same access, or maybe they were in a different place or something. So that, that's kind of the, the part of it I see. And then trying to teach people to want everything. It's okay to want it all. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm mm -hmm. going to conquer, but why not want it all? And as a college coach now, don't come here and just say, I want to be fast or I want to make it to the pros. Get your degree, learn to speak, you know, become a better person, uh, become a fast athlete or jump far, be an Olympian, go, and then take that and, and make a difference with it. So that's, that's what I, I, I'm thankful. You know, I, I was able to have the energy, I had the support, and then ultimately a big mouth. So <laughs> <laughs> that didn't hurt. <laughs> Yeah, for, for me, uh, you know, uh, it was a survival thing just to get into sports. Uh, I grew up with a poor family on welfare. Uh, I had a wonderful uncle who expo exposed me to all the sports. And he, uh, he told me, keep your grades up and play a sport and maybe you'll get a scholarship. And that's sort of uh, the approach I had. So... Uh, he also said something very strange to me when I was a young age. He said, don't ever change your name. And I'm like, what the heck is he talking about that? I would be in a position to go up and, uh, you know, 
and the only thing they did is just put a T out there and they left the rest. But uh, it was it was absolutely amazing that uh, once, like Carl said, after a while when you go against somebody else and uh, you have success, I stopped thinking about just getting by and just going to college. I start thinking about being the best. Be the best, you know, and I was blessed. I was on a team with Calvin. We had a couple of Mike, Mike Newland, Jack Marin, all these guys, and we used to have shooting contests at the end of practice, and, I mean, they would last for 50 in a row and stuff like that, and, uh, you know, humbly believing that you can be the best. So that's it. Those are the interviews that I did at the Houston Sports Awards. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, next so that's it. Those were the interviews that we conducted at the Houston Sports Awards. Kind of a different take for this episode of the Time Out with DG podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next time. When that will be, I'm not sure, but hopefully, not hopefully, I know we're going to have a pretty cool guest for you guys to enjoy.